Today I'm going to preach on a topic I have not preached about from this pulpit. You all know, I think, that are here regularly that I talk about pretty much everything. I'm a pretty open book. My wife would probably say too open. Um, But I talk about all the various struggles that we have as humanity. But there's an area in which I have not spoken about, I have not been faithful in communicating an important aspect of our, our spiritual life. And that is in regards to our physical health, in regards to our physical health. I can tell you the exact reason why I have not spoken about this, even though there have been a multitude of times that I felt convicted to talk about physical health, but, but, but the reason why I have not talked about it is because of my own health. Now, a decade ago, I would have had no problem standing up and talking to you about health. I mean, I was 160 pounds. I'll I'll be honest with you, I I looked pretty good. Then I started to gain some weight, and then I moved here, and I gained more weight than I'd ever had in my life. And I found myself even at a point in 2017 that I was 213 pounds, up from that 160 of just maybe seven or eight years ago. And talking about health, when I felt you all could see how unhealthy I was, caused me to resist uh, that conviction. So really it was my pride. So I apologize for not uh, being faithful to my convictions, but today we're going to talk about health. So I want to encourage you to open your Bibles as... Deborah, one of our elders, just read to the third epistle of John. It's only one page. The best way to find it is go to the book of Revelation and just go back a couple pages. You'll run into Jude and then the third epistle of John and verses one and two. To the elder, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I pray that all will go well With you, some versions say that you may prosper in every area and in every way. And he says, and that you will be in good health as it goes well with your whole life. Paul here is writing to someone that he cares deeply about. We don't see that as much in the English. It looks like just a general greeting, but the Greek has some, has some words in front of the word love and beloved that, that indicate that, that, that Paul is very, uh, has, has sincere and deep feelings for this individual. He loves this friend very, very much. And Paul has a desire that God will bless him in every way, and particularly he mentions specifically that God will bless Gaius with good health. Now we don't know about Gaius. Maybe Gaius was an older man and so Paul is concerned about him in his older state. We don't know. But when I read this passage a while back, I thought about this very uh, basic truth, something that you all know, that you all can relate to. Those we love, those that we care about, our family, our friends, those we love, we want them to be in good health, right? We can all agree with that basic truth. The people we love, we want them to be in good health. And if they are not in good health, then we worry about them. In fact, someone we love not being in good health is is something that can weigh on us more than anything else, even more than our own lack of health. 
Well, I love you. And hopefully you love me too. And so I want us all to be healthy. And so today as we look at our, our, our third challenge in this challenge series, we're going to look at aspects of health. And we're going to look at it from the framework of what Paul says. Paul says, I love you, therefore I pray that you'll prosper in every way, and I pray in particular that you are in good health. God's instructions on health have always primarily been, or not primarily, always have been out of a, out of a space of God's love for us. Now, we've made them about rules and regulations and various things. You all know this. Some of you have been raised in homes in which, in which the health principles that you were taught were not about God's love or God's grace or God's concern for you, but were about specific rules in which you had to keep or else. But that's not how God intended that to be. God, like Paul, says to us, my dear friends, I love you. I pray that you're prospering in everything, and I pray that you are in good health. When God gave the laws to the children of Israel in the Old Testament, he did not do so as, as punishment or, or to force obedience or to prove some point to them. God did so for two reasons. He did so, so that they would be a witness in the world, to the world around them, and he did so out of love and concern for them. Deuteronomy chapter four and verse one. If you want to turn there, Deuteronomy chapter four, verse one. Reads this way. Now Israel, listen. Deuteronomy 4, let me get there. And verse 1. Now listen, O Israel, to the statutes and the ordinance I am teaching you to follow so that you may live. That was ultimately the reason... The statutes and ordinances were more than just the health principles, but they did also include the health principles that God gave to the children of Israel. And, and, and Moses says the reason why God gave us these things is because he wants us to live. In other words, the idea is he wants us to be, to be healthy, to, to enjoy life. Then jumping down to verse 5. Look, I have taught you statutes and ordinances as the Lord my God has commanded me so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to possess. Carefully follow them, for this will show your wisdom and understanding in the eyes of the peoples. When they hear about all these statues, they will say, This great nation is indeed a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God near it to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call on him? And what great nation has righteous statues and ordinances like this entire law I set before you today. Verse one tells us that, that God gave the instructions so that people would, would, would literally live, but then also so that they would be witnesses, that they would obey these guidelines, obey these teachings so that they would show the wisdom of God, that they would show the blessings of God, that they would be witnesses into the land in which they have gone. This remains one of the great principles of the health message, that we are to be witnesses with it. In fact, many people in the world only know us as a community of faith, the Seventh-day Adventists, because of our health message. They don't know really anything else maybe about us. That's pretty sad in some ways, and we could, we could talk about that another time. But many people do know because Oprah's talked about us. And the National Geographic's talked about us. We've been in Time Magazine. We've been in U.S. News. ABC uh, 2020 or whatever it was did a whole report on us. There was a book written called The Blue Laws. And right there in the midst of The Blue Laws is a whole chapter and section about Seventh-day Adventists. 
A lot of people know about us because of our health message, but, but, but what if we lose even that witness? You know, the best health message sermon I've heard in the last 20 years is Pastor Jason and I, when we were planting a church in California, we went to a conference, a church planting conference uh, at Saddleback Church, where Rick Warren is the pastor. And one of the messages that he gave was Daniel chapter 1. And you know what he talked about in Daniel chapter 1? How we should avoid all alcohol, how God's original plan was a vegetarian and a simple diet. I leaned over to Jason and I said, is he becoming an Adventist? And there was 2,500 people in this building taking, oh yeah, this is brilliant, this is genius stuff. It's for a witness. This is a witness to people, the wisdom of God. But it was also because God loved us and wanted to protect us. Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26 says, If you will carefully obey the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, pay attention to his commands and keep all his statutes, including the health principles. I will not inflict on you any of the illnesses or the diseases that you had inflicted on you or that have been inflicted upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. God tells Moses that these statutes are about protecting the people. These statutes are about blessing his people. That is what the purpose of the health message is. And in fact, God has given this, us this beautiful picture of mind, body, and spirit. And through the scriptures and through the writings of Ellen White, we have this, this beautiful uh, corpus of, of, of thought, of mind, body, and spirit. If you take the, the, the spiritual aspect and the educational aspect out of our health institutions, then they lose their significance and their, their ultimate value in this world. If you take our, the, the health principles and the spiritual principles out of our school and they only have the mind, then, then we lose a significant piece of, of value in the, in the school. And if we as a church, if, if within the church, the church doesn't talk about the aspects of, of education and, and health as well, then we lose a significant piece there because we are made to be mind, body, and spirit. And when we are operating in all those realms of, of mind, body, and spirit, as the Lord guided us through his scriptures, through his inspiration, we are witnesses for our Lord. God didn't give us these because he wanted us more rules for us to follow or to take away joy. He gave us these health principles because he loves us. Dear friend, God says to you, and he says to me, I pray you will prosper in every area of your life and that you are in good health because I love you. And so today as we talk about a few principles of health, I want you to keep that in mind that God gave us these ideas because he wants us to experience the fullness of life and because he loves us. Now I'm not going to get into a treatise here about the specifics of health principles, though I will say things, but a few things, but but I, I want to at least look at four general areas in which I know I can improve and maybe you can uh, improve as well through the help of God. The first one is this. The first principle of, of health is a well-balanced diet. 
Mark, our minister of music, sent me an article this week knowing that I was preaching on this and it had a number of interesting things about how if we change our diet and live a, a balanced diet as God called us to live, that, that it not only will impact us, but it will also impact the environment. It would have a huge impact on, on the environment as well. I won't get into all that right now, but, but specifically in relation to us, this, this, this article from the scientific journal called for a 50% decrease in red meats being eaten, and that might be not as hard for some of you, but also in sugars. That's, that's for me right there. Sugars. Anyone else like sugar? This gas station right here on this corner has become such a pain for me. <laughs> they got all these goodies in there. And an increase in nuts and fruits and vegetables and, and legumes. So Mark sent me this, this article, and I was reading this as they were talking about this, and, and they had this line, unhealthy diets are the leading cause of ill health worldwide, and following a proper diet could avoid approximately, listen to this, 11 million premature deaths a year, a year. By the way, you can be a vegetarian and still be unhealthy. Pastor Andrea reminds me of that, and my wife reminds me of that sometimes. I was not raised a vegetarian. We, all my, my sisters eat meat. My parents eat meat. I was not raised a vegetarian, but somewhere along the way, I just decided I didn't like meat. It had nothing to do with God. I was living far from God when I made that decision, but I just chose to, to stop eating meat. And so I've been a vegetarian for decades, and over the last five years, I've gained, six years, I gained 50 pounds. So you can be a vegetarian and be unhealthy. But, but could we do better in our diet? Is, there, is this an area of your life that, that, that God may say, you know what, you could do better in this area? Not because of law, but because of love. I love you, and this is what I've given to you. A second principle is, is proper fluid intake, getting enough water. Not water in coffee, not water in juices, not water in some sports drink, but but Water. The worst thing to my health since I was in high school has been soda. And Christine is absolutely grossed out by this, but she was in first service, so she doesn't have to hear this again now. But, she, but she's grossed out by this, this, this story. I began drinking soda actually back when, I was, um, back when I was a kid. I would go to my grandma's house, and she always had cans of soda. And you know how grandmas are. They spoil you. They don't say no as well although the only switch I ever got was from my grandma, but, but I got plenty of spankings, but an actual switch. Now, that hurts. Um, kids, pray you don't ever have to pick the leaves off a switch. Get a nice dry one. Um, but, but she would always let us have some sodas, and so I started very early on drinking uh, these, these sodas. But when I was in high school, my morning meal was a bowl of cereal and a glass of Coca-Cola. That was my morning meal. My parents are probably watching. They're probably embarrassed that I just said that out loud, but it won't be the first time. You know, the American Cancer Society states that drinking enough water decreases your risk of cancer and that drinking soda increases your risk of cancer. So I wasn't drinking water. I was just drinking soda, and so I was doing both, getting the double whammy. Now, when you're 16 and you're drinking that much soda, consuming that much soda, because that's not all that I drank in the day, it's killing you, but you don't see it. I mean, I, I looked good. I had a six-pack. I was, I was good. But when you're 30-plus and you're drinking that much soda, 
It's killing you and you begin to, to see it as well. You begin to see the effects of it. But soda, is, there, is this something that, in the area that maybe we could put aside? Let me ask you if any of these statements sound familiar. And I was, I was thinking about not touching on this because I know that people have picked on this and this is historically one of the things pick, people pick on. But, but I thought maybe we should just touch on it a little bit. And so I want to ask you if any of these statements sound familiar to you. And you don't have to look at the person next to you. All right? Don't nudge them. A lot of people said they got nudged in first service. All right? Let's, let's all recognize that we all have our struggles and our flaws. That's why I just told you about soda so that we understand this. But let's just look straight ahead and smile. And you can nod if you understand if you've ever heard these uh, statements before. But have you heard statements like this from maybe out of your own mouth, but maybe from someone else? Man, I just got to have my coffee. I need my coffee to get going in the morning. Man, I can't survive without my coffee. Anyone heard that? Just simple head nod. Just pause and think about those statements for a moment. On a side note, we say these things in front of our kids. Which kids who don't understand the black and white, right and wrong aspects of things. We tell them, no, you can't drink coffee. And then we say, I can't live without it. We're kind of teaching them it's okay to be dependent upon something if you deem that it helps you in some way. But really, when you think about these, these things, these statements, and if we make these statements, we should recognize that there shouldn't be anything as Christians that we make this statement about. I gotta have, I need, I can't survive without. The only things we should ever say those things about as Christians are Jesus, community, food, water, maybe we'd say shelter. If we're saying that about anything else or feel that way about anything else, whether it be coffee or an unhealthy food or, or sex or alcohol or soda in my case or, or sugar or cigarettes, then, then we need to pray immediately for Jesus to help us because we have a problem. We're dependent upon something. Okay, off my bad wagon regarding coffee, all you coffee drinkers can breathe now. Unplug your ears. That's why I told you my story about soda first, so you know I'm not judging. I understand well the struggles of the addiction. A third principle, though, of healthy living is adequate exercise. The World Health Organization states that a sedentary lifestyle increases all causes of mortality. The only one it doesn't increase is if you're sitting down and you're not going outside and driving your car you're not going to get killed in a car accident. But, but otherwise, everything else, every physical aspect, it increases all causes of mortality. And I thought this was only kind of a first world problem, something that we have here in the first world. But, but, but they report that 60 to 80, 85% of all people in both the developed and the non-developed world aren't exercising enough. And the reasons why we're not exercising enough is because we're too busy, we're too driven. We're so consumed with what we have to do that we don't make the time for exercise, and so we are suffering. And by the way, our kids are, are suffering too because we're so busy that, we're, that we can't take time for them, so we put them in front of screens and just say, okay, here, be entertained. Just on a tangent real quick. 
in my reading of this on this subject. Did you know that in all schools, including our own schools, recess is decreasing through the years? And that we, the reason why they give the state, make the statement is because we as parents are so demanding that our kids meet a certain academic expectation and the schools are demanding that they meet a certain academic expectation that, that when something is going to be given up, they give up recess and they give up phys ed class. And this P time is shrinking and as it's shrinking, all the studies are reporting that it's hurting our children physically, mentally, and socially by not having recess time. Kids need at least an hour of exercise a day beyond the recess, beyond that recess. So I would just encourage anybody that's associated with education, if you have an opportunity to speak into having more recess, I would encourage you to do it. If you need us to buy bigger coats for our teachers so they can go outside and be in the cold, let us know. I'll pay for it out of my own money. We'll do it. But exercise is something that is needed. We as adults as well, the Mayo Clinic states that we as adults need 20 minutes, I mean 150 minutes a week to be healthy, to be considered healthy. That's only about 20 minutes a day to be considered active and healthy. We can, we can find 20 minutes, right? We can find 20 minutes to take a quick, brisk walk around the neighborhood or, or outside of our, our work. It's something we can do. And the last principle that I want to point out is sleep. I heard that sigh from some folk in here. I've struggled with sleep. I struggle with sleep. In the past, I struggled with sleep because of insomnia. I think probably the caffeine's affected that over my life as well. Sometimes I struggle with sleep just because I'm anxious, I'm, I'm stressed about things, I'm not putting things into God's care. The Bible tells us in Psalm 127 and verse 2, why do you rise early toiling through the day? Why do you rise in vain you get up early toiling through the day? Stay up late work, working hard to have enough food. Don't you know the Lord gives sleep to those he loves? Well, that includes you. Remember at the very beginning, I said the reason why God gave us these health principles is because he loves us. And the Bible right here tells us that one of these health principles about sleep, God specifically says in his word, I've given you this sleep because I love you. Don't you know the Lord gives sleep to those he loves? The Bible says, for God so loved the world. That includes all of us. That's all of us in this room. God so loves all of us that, he, that he's given us sleep because he loves us because he values us, because he cares for us, because he wants us to be healthy. He says, in vain you get up early and you work hard all throughout the day and you go to bed late so you can have enough food. Some of us stay up too late because we're watching things or, or fiddling on our computers. For some it is their caffeine consumption in the day. For some, for many of us, it is worry. It's because we don't fully trust that God will, will take care of tomorrow as he says he will. So we think we have to do everything, and, and God sometimes just tells us, let tomorrow take care of itself. You go to sleep, because I love you. Don't you know the Lord gives sleep to those he loves? 
There are other reasons why people can't sleep, I understand that, that are beyond even these things that you can control. But, but for many of us, the reason why we don't get enough sleep is because of our own choices. These four principles, these four health principles are the most obvious. There are other areas of our lives that, that need to be modified. But our diet, our water intake, and stopping whatever other fluids we intake, our, our exercise, our sleep, we, God loves us. He gave us health principles because he loves us, and his prayer over us is like Paul's prayer over Gaius. I pray that you will be in good health. And he loves us, and he also wants us to be witnesses for him in this world. And I would say to the young people over here, start practicing these things now because you may be like me, a 16-year-old, downing all that coke, and it comes back to haunt you. These good health principles. He loves us, and he desires for us to be witnesses of his love in this world. So here is the third challenge for us in 2019. Because God loves us, and because we love him, through his power and through his strength, we desire, we commit to living a healthier life in 2019 than in 2018. You know, you can do that by one step, by one step. In 2016, the fall of 2016, I was having all kinds of back issues, didn't know what was going on. But I went to a marathon with Rich Reinhardt. Rich Reinhardt was running the New York Marathon. And there was an app that said, have early entry, enter the lottery for, to, to run the New York City Marathon. And when you're entering a lottery to run the marathon, that's not sin. That lottery is not sin, just so you know. So I entered that lottery and, and forgot all about it. And in February of 2017, like I said, I was 213 pounds. My doctor was telling me I, I need to lose weight. I just had surgery, major surgery on my neck. And, and uh, the doctor was telling me, you know, you don't want to have more surgeries. You need to lose some weight. You need to get back in shape. You need to get back in health. And I get this email in the mail saying, congratulations, you've been selected to run the New York City Marathon. This was in March 2017. I called Christina up. And I said, Christina, guess what? She said, what? I said, well, I entered the lottery for the New York City Marathon. And I just got an email that said, Congratulations, you've been selected. 98,000 people entered the lottery. 15,875 were chosen. You understand that? I think that's 83,000 that weren't chosen. When I, um, when I did it, when I entered the thing, I said, I said out loud, well, Lord, if you want me to start running again. So I call Christina up and I tell her, I said, hey, I got selected to run this marathon. I entered this thing. And you know what she said to me? She said, well, I guess you better start running again then, huh? And she's like, I gotta go. I'll talk to you later. She hung up the phone. <laughs> that was it. So for the last two years, that's been my commitment to run. And that's been my, my one health thing that I've been working on. But there's other areas that, 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 that I've been struggling with. And that I know that God has called me to, to not be living in that way. Some other health habits. And so for me, a, a, a specific goal in 2019, I'm going to start or stop doing this, and I want you to think about the same thing. For this challenge, what specific thing, one thing, can you start or stop in 2019? Maybe start something that you haven't been doing, or maybe stop something that you, that you had been doing in 2019 to live a more healthy 
life. At the end of December, this last December, I was sitting in Panera Bread, uh, and I was sitting there with a glass of soda in front of me. And I was looking at that glass of soda, and suddenly in my brain, I thought, I wonder how much I spend on soda. And I, I did a, a, a rough calculation. And this rough calculation, I estimated that, that, that there is no way that I spend less than $500 a year on soda. Because I would drink it all the time. And probably at the high end, maybe even close up to 800 Last week, remember I said, give up something and give those resources to God. So that's what, so I told you, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing this. So this year I'm giving up soda. I'm going to give, and hopefully not just this year, but on the ongoing. And I'm going to give those resources to God. Now I'm 19 days in. And I'm doing pretty well. And when I say pretty well, it means I haven't had any soda for 19 days. So pray for me. If I seem a little fidgety, maybe I'm just going through some withdrawals on this. Lack of Coca-Cola. All the talk about it today is making me a little anxious too. My boys have always been encouraging me not to drink soda and I told them after January 1, no more soda. And I asked them to pray for me and they pray for me and I am asking you to pray for me as well. So that's my challenge for both, my commitment for both this week and last week's challenge. But what is your health commitment for 2019? What's the, the one thing that you can do? Maybe for some of you it's, it's getting a little bit more sleep, going to bed just a little bit earlier. Not looking at a screen an hour before you go to bed, so maybe your, your mind's a little bit more prepared for going to bed. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's, it's just changing your diet a little bit. Maybe it's giving up that extra couple coffees or, or that soda. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's not traveling quite so much so that you can have more balanced life. What is your health habit? Will you write that on your connection card and put your name on it so I can pray for you as you're praying for me in my health habit? Will you write it down so that, so that I can pray for you? Remember, we're doing this because God loves us. God says, I, I, the Bible tells us that, that God loves us, that, that God did this so that we would live. I've given you all these statues. I've given you all these principles so that you would live. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. That's what the health, health principles are about, is that God gives us a more abundant and full and, and joyful life. Many years ago, I was in California, and I was, had two of the boys with me. I think Levi had just been born, but I only had, that I remember, I only had Dayton and Landon with me. And we pulled through the drive through at Del Taco, which is my favorite fast food place, although I probably shouldn't be giving an advertisement about fast food when I am here talking about health. But, but I, we pulled through Del Taco, and I ordered what I always order, uh, two half-pound bean and cheese burritos with green sauce and a medium Coca-Cola. Now, they knew me so well at this place that I really didn't even have to order. I pulled up, and they said, hi, Chad, do you want the usual? I said, yes. And they gave me free soda every week, a large. And the large at Del Taco is a 44-ouncer. And so I get this, and I order the boys their food, too, and we're pulling out of the drive-thru. We're pulling out of the, uh, the drive-thru, and I give the boys their food. And I said, okay, Dayton, will you have prayer for us? Dayton was four years old at the time. Dayton was four years old. And I said, Dayton, will you have prayer for us? And so Dayton prays, dear Jesus, thank you for this food. Uh, please, help it to, please help it to bless us. And he said, and Jesus, please help my daddy to stop drinking soda so he'll be healthy. Four years old. He didn't pray that prayer to, 
to guilt me. He hadn't learned how to, you know, pray manipulative prayers where you're trying to communicate something to somebody in the midst of the prayer. Some of you parents and people that have sat on committees know what I'm talking about. He was just praying because he loves his dad. And even his four-year-old mind understood this is not good, what he's drinking there. Jesus, help daddy to stop drinking soda so he can be healthy. God doesn't want to guilt you or to make you feel bad about yourself. He loves you. He values you. And he knows that you and I will be happier if we are healthier. And that's the basic reason why he gave us the health message. And it's the basic reason why we should say, yes, Lord, I want to be joyful and I want to live my fullest life for you. God, thank you for loving us enough to teach us about how to live our best life. Thank you for loving us enough to to provide us with the knowledge to live our lives to the fullest. Lord, we're starting a new year. We're already into this new year. Help us by your might and by your spirit and by your power to make 2019 a healthier year than 2018. We do this not to earn merit with you, God. We do it not to prove a point. We do it because we know you love us and that you know what is best for us. And we do it, Lord, so that we can be witnesses of that love to this world. In your name we pray. Amen.